To learn means to be in a state of play, to live a life of curiosity, a life of inspiring one another, a life of connecting with each other, and a life of real conversation. So welcome to the Life of Learning podcast, the place where we dive deep and explore the ideas of natural learning. Hello and welcome to the Life of Learning podcast. I did an interview with uh, a friend of mine called Rachel and she is a mum with three kids, uh, so Ava and Theo and Hope. And I got to know Rachel uh, last year when I came across her Facebook page which was all about starting a democratic school in North Canterbury. And since then, we've uh, started talking and we ended up, I ended up joining the group that discussed uh, a possibility of starting that democratic school. Now, we haven't actually started a democratic school, but what we've done is we have uh, created a group, um, a sort of homeschooling, unschooling group, Uh, which meets regularly and I guess there's also been a journey there's also been a journey away from just starting a straight democratic school and that's because both of us have moved I guess closer to a more unschooling natural learning approach Um, we still find those uh, social interactions really valuable and so yeah, what we do in, in our um, homeschooling, unschooling group is more like what we actually want to see. So yeah, in this interview, again, I've been looking into, I'm just fascinated with how people uh, create freedom in their lives, how people create greater connection um, within their families, and how learning happens within their family as well. So in this interview, I asked Rachel about how they got into homeschooling. I Then we talk about social interaction uh, when living in the country um, compared to living in a city. Uh, then we spend quite a bit of time looking at respectful parenting, and this was quite a big influence on Rachel's life. Um, and then we move on to finding inspiration from other parents, um, and her Rachel's move from homeschooling to unschooling and then looking into the future and what's that kind of looking like for her and then at the end we also talk about Theo and his choice uh, to initially go to school and then also why he is now at home as well so yeah it's a fascinating uh, discussion and a conversation and um, hope that you really enjoy it. So without any further ado, here is my interview with Rachel. I am here with Rachel and we're just going to have a bit of a chat. Rachel has been... And also we have Hope in the background as well. Um, Rachel has been homeschooling now for... Um, Ooh, uh, but uh, just over a year. Yeah, yeah. And I guess what I wanted to, again, focus on is those three uh, sort of things that I've been talking about. Freedom, connection, and learning. And so, I guess what drove you to, or caused you to go towards this kind of lifestyle? I mean, 
just figure out maybe a little bit about like what is your kind of lifestyle because yeah you look mm -hmm. at a nice place out in the country um and how that kind of came about and how homeschooling kind of fits into how you want to live life how you think about life okay yeah, yeah. um i guess we came about homeschooling probably because of ava really um she i knew she would never really fit into school mm -hmm. she's always just been a little bit different and I read Peter Gray's Free to Learn book, oh gosh, when she was still quite young. So for me, I actually wanted her to go to a democratic school. Yeah. Um, and when we were living in Auckland, there was one Kratimatanga that we were going to go to, possibly. But then we moved. There, there's here. And we moved down here, and uh, there's Tamariki in town. But. We decided to live out this way, and obviously there's no sort mm. of democratic school out this way. So we just picked a normal school that was very tiny. Uh, there's only about 30 children large, and they're a very chilled out school. You know, they yeah, didn't yeah. worry about homework, and they were pretty. They were play based, and but in the end, I was still wasn't really comfortable with school. And then I got pregnant, so I thought, well, I'm going to be at home now anyway. So I thought we'd give it a go, hmm. and uh, yeah, she's been really enjoying it, and my son is now doing it as well. He's almost six, yeah. and for him it's more challenging because he likes to be very out and about and social, and I feel like sometimes I can't quite meet those needs as much as he'd like, but mm -hmm. I think he's starting to get into it now. Yeah. And then there's obviously Hope here, who's just a baby, and is <laughs> very full on <laughs> climbing this ladder. Um, <laughs> So how did you, um, like what made you pick up Free to Learn? Oh, I think when Ava was still a baby, we spent some time with family and and I kind of saw how I didn't want to parent, just watching them with their children and it was mm. a little bit harsh, I'd say, and very traditional. And yeah. So then I started looking at parenting styles, I suppose, and techniques and I came across it somehow through that. I think it was like a respectful parenting. Janet Lansbury, I think, talked about the book, okay, so I decided right. to buy it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of got me on the path of respectful parenting, yeah. and it all kind of follows on from there, really, when you want to treat your kid with respect. Um, part of that is giving them choices, and going to school, it's kind of got to be a choice, really, if you can yeah. make it a choice. Not everybody can. Yeah. Um, but for us, yeah, like I said, I was going to bit off work anyway and yeah we decided it would be okay to live on one income um, and yeah. living out here in the countryside I suppose is more my husband's thing mm -hmm. he wanted a farm yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like it too it's very nice yeah. sometimes I wish we were in town just so that we were more you know there was there's more going on in town yeah there's more possibilities sure. of social is, interaction. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to drive everywhere. Well, I mean, not so far. You know, when you live an hour out of town, <laughs> or however long it is, it's uh, yeah, it kind of puts you off doing much in town. Yeah. But there are other benefits to living out here. Obviously, it's peaceful and we have animals and uh, mm. yeah, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. And there are, and um, now that I've gotten used to it. There's plenty, I think, to do for us. Yeah, so, well, yeah, I was going to ask that, like, so it was, in terms of, yeah, it's 
possibly more tricky doing some social interactions when you're in the country, but, mm. and I guess that's one of the things you start thinking about when you start homeschooling, um, but, yeah, have you been happy, I guess, with that, that area, as in, yeah, it's kind of developing and growing, but have you been happy with it, or is it still like a big, yeah, or was it still like a major concern, or, well, it's or tricky. getting there? It's tricky because I have one child who's very, very social, and one child who's not yeah. social at all, yeah. so it's, I guess with homeschooling, that's the balance, uh, trying to be social yeah. enough, but not too social for one, yeah, yeah. and I think we're finding that balance now. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Theo missed his friends at school for a while, but he's yeah. starting to make new friends now. Mm. Um, and he does like the downtime too, when we're at home and just chilling out. Uh, I, I guess the other thing is that him and his sister don't play that much at the moment. They're just in different kind of spheres, I suppose. Yeah. So he doesn't have much of a play at home, so I try and play with him. But then I can't play as much as I'd like to because... This one needs a lot of supervision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, got a one. you were talking about uh, respectful parenting mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, how have you, I guess, found maybe what's kind of uh, uh, the theory that you've read about things and how, how have you seen that put into practice? Um, I guess, how you've seen that in practice in your own life and mm -hmm. what are you seeing in terms of the effects of that? Or what are some things, yeah, what are some things that you've learned? I guess I, I started off back when they were younger. Yeah, I've always been somebody into human rights issues. and mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I used to work at an organisation that was sort of about that sort of thing. Um, so, and then it's been a journey from there really, and it's not always easy, because you know you want to be respectful, but sometimes you just really want somebody to do what you want them to do. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I'm certainly not great at it all the time yeah but i think you can go deeper and deeper into it as well like now we're moving in towards radical unschooling mm -hmm. which is a kind of scary name i think for something that is really just deeply respectful yeah. parenting and um i guess anti-childism in a way yeah uh allowing children to have sovereignty over themselves I suppose. as you said you kind of used to work more and uh, human rights types fields. Plus yeah. also, I guess you're saying, just seeing authoritarian parenting and you didn't really like that. Is there any other sort of major... Well, for me, what sort of reasons behind it? Yeah, like yeah. why radical unschooling? What's keeping you, I guess, going down that sort of path? Um, I, I can see that it's the right thing to do. It's not mm. always easy because very few other people parent this way and so and I wasn't parented that way particularly although I wasn't I wasn't brought up super strictly my husband was probably more brought up more traditionally than me yeah but yeah it's hard when you don't see examples in everyday life to always know what to do mm. although you know the theory behind it um but it just feels like the right thing to do uh, for me also there's a spiritual element to it you okay. know right. that was part of the reason I wanted to be able to treat them respectfully. Yeah. Um, I thought I consider them to be souls that were in my care whilst yeah. they were children. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I certainly see it 
working in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it just makes sense to me, you know, you don't just say, right, because I told you so when you've asked, when you've asked mm-hmm. them to do something, you explain it and then they're like, oh, okay. It doesn't always work, but it very frequently works and it was, it was, it's how I'd want to be treated. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to look at it. How would you parent yourself if you, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. or how would you want your parents to have treated you if you could change it? Yeah. And uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you'd be you'd be all nice to yourself. I think in a lot of yeah, a lot yeah. of instances, you're sort of wouldn't more you? Patience, and more, yeah. Yeah, exactly. in an ideal world, like I said, I'm not um, always very patient. I I have had a moment today where I actually behaved like a child myself. I completely <laughs> lost my temper at the yeah. beach and was um, very immature about it. But uh, we made up afterwards. We apologised yeah. to each other. I apologised to her and then she very sincerely apologised back. I didn't make her say sorry or anything like that. Mm. I think a lot of things, as with any kind of learning, it's better to learn, you know, by doing it by example than by just someone telling you that you should do it, you know, like saying sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that's... uh, And it's not a genuine one if you do say it because someone's made you say it. It's not genuine, is it? It's just... Yeah, I mean, I think that's also like a really powerful thing is that it's not so much that we are incapable of making mistakes or whatever, but it's about mm-hmm. how do we react when those things happen. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, and it is kind of also what then happens in that family dynamic. And uh, I mean, that's something that, yeah, I think it's very inspiring about families who don't necessarily get it right all the time, but they can still have that conversation and there's still that communication. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's about, I like the term being in partnership with your child. I've read about that a lot. Yeah. Rather than being the boss, which I think is what most people consider yourself to be. You've got to be the boss or the authority figure. And I think it's more about being in partnership with these people who, yeah, just happen to be a lot younger than you. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I think about how you treat, see, your elderly mother, if she had to come live with you and... She was slightly senile and needed mm. a lot of help, you know. Would you treat her with a lot of impatience and, yeah. you know, ordering her around? Or would you be super patient and loving and kind because, you know, she's a mother. Yeah. And she can't help where she's at. A bit like children can't help. Yeah. No. Being where they're at. Or, you know, a person in a wheelchair can't help it. That they can't walk. Yeah. So you make allowances for that. You don't treat them differently in terms of dignity and respect. So you're saying a bit about like reading various things and since you've kind of come into the homeschooling community have you I guess seen and you're quite so recent but have you seen like people who inspire you and has that been like seeing that practical example of actually people living certain ways has that been something? Yeah yeah definitely um Particularly, well, Carly is one. <laughs> um, and particularly people at, like the Christchurch Wild Things, that group that we've yep. been to. Mm. There's some um, great mums there. And a lot of them have children that are older as well, so you mm. know, they're a bit more experienced. Um, yeah, yeah, we haven't been doing it for that long, but I've definitely met a few people. There was another lady who I haven't seen for ages, but she was at gymnastics and she had four children, and I thought she was amazingly patient with them and mm. yeah um and she was the kind of person that was really passionate about unschooling so she would really 
sell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in a great way. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, well, kind of getting on to that learning side of things, uh, exactly when we talk about homeschooling, but then also unschooling, mm. and you're going more down the unschooling route. Exactly. I guess you, as you said, you got there kind of through more peaceful parenting or respectful parenting. Yeah. Um, but I guess well, how, what, are, what are your views around uh, learning and maybe how have they changed? That sort of yeah, thing. Um, I think when we first started homeschooling, I was a little bit more structured like a lot of people. Although not, I didn't do full school at home, but mm-hmm. I wasn't fully ready to just let go. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. But I guess you can't see it, especially when you first start off, you can't see the learning happening and you're just so stuck in that school mindset. Like if they're not doing this, then they can't be learning what they need to learn and oh my God, am I doing the right thing? (laughs) There's a huge fear there because, you know, you're going so against the grain and there's very few other people that are doing it. Yeah. And fewer still people that you know that have grown up unschoolers. Yeah, yeah. Um... So you really don't know whether you're doing the right thing, but but after a while you do see the learning happening just in terms of them following their own interests, you know. Yeah. They pick up a lot of the those core skills along the way, like literacy and mathematics. And I'm somewhat speaking from experience there, but we haven't been doing it that long. I just read a lot and I listen to a lot of podcasts of mm. people that have grown up on schoolers and I follow Facebook pages, so yeah. ask questions. Um, talk to people that I meet that are doing it, so mm. kind of, yeah, I've been reassured, I guess, along the way, yeah. just finding those resources and examples and, mm. um, yeah, knowing that learning does happen if it's allowed to, and also there's a certain formula, I think, for it to happen well in a homeschooling family, and, well, an unschooling family in particular, and one is to be really involved as a parent and really interested and wanting to learn yourself and just curious and... Yeah. You know, and finding information for them and taking them to places and just making life really fun and interesting. and mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. yes, that's where we're coming from on that one. Is there anything in terms of um, the future um, that you're hoping or looking forward to or things that you're kind of... Um, I guess I'm looking forward to... Like I love having a baby. It's very sweet and lovely. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to being a little bit, you know, more available for the older two. Yeah. Because at the moment, I really am chasing around. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. She's one years old, so, you know, they're just full on. And you've got to keep an eye on them all the time. They're into everything. And they yeah. need a lot of attention. So, yeah. Sometimes I feel like the older two don't get as much of me as mm. I would like. Yeah. Um, but I know that, you know, each stage passes. So that will past two and yeah yeah so yeah I'm looking forward to that uh, yeah I'm just looking forward to seeing where we where we go and how it all unfolds and mm-hmm. what their interests become and at the moment they're still kind of trying out lots of different things you know um, so well, Theo loves superheroes and Ava loves gaming and that's those are their passions at the moment yeah. interesting to see how they how develop yeah. and grow and yeah hmm. I'm just kind of looking forward to it all really yeah well I guess it's sort of some of those things as you say you've been reassured through listening through a lot of other mums through podcasts or reading books or whatever yeah constantly but, reading and yeah. reading and <laughs> yeah. just just keeping yeah 
but then it's kind of exciting, yeah, in terms of you've been reassured, I guess, that, you <laughs> yeah. know, that, that it's not completely crazy, but then, on the other hand, you're also like, okay, but that doesn't necessarily tell me what's going to happen with my kids, and... Yeah, yeah. no, they're all also unique and individual. Yeah. And it may be that, you know, they want to go to school one day, and that's cool. Hmm. So it's just their choice, really. Well, yeah, so Theo did want to go, or was at school, and he kind of wanted to go to school. He went to school for a term, and then just before lockdown happened, he didn't want to go anymore, and Uh I was having trouble making him go, and I felt a bit wrong, because I didn't want him to go either, but he'd agreed to stick it out for a term, and then, uh, you know, we got locked down anyway, so that solved that problem. Um, But after... What were some of his reasons? He just didn't like... He didn't like writing or mm. reading. And that's what he told me. And I think that that's true. But I think with most kids, they don't like the more formal part. You know, they like playing with their friends. And yeah. it was very play-based mm. um, the first year there at his school. But the more formal stuff doesn't interest them. And on top of that, he's the kind of kid who does not like to be wrong and doesn't like to be judged for, you know, that he's not doing very well. So I mm. think that there's an element of pressure there that yeah, he didn't like, I suspect. But, he, you know, you can't tell me that in as many words. Um, yeah. Having said that, after lockdown, he wanted to go back to school, but he seems to be okay now. Yeah. I think it was because lockdown was boring. <laughs> yeah. And, and even after lockdown, things took a while to really get back into gear, and, you know, it takes a while to make friends. I think especially when you're homeschooling because you don't see people every day in the same kind of way. Mm. Mm. And and it, it is different and yeah, he likes to be out a lot. But yeah, equally he's getting used to the rhythm now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different rhythm. And exactly, I mean with uh exactly, obviously I know you from Adventure Club, our we Adventure Club thing. And so there's I guess more events now happening again that yeah. Can be social. So Yes, yeah. Yeah, he's enjoying that. We do adventure club and other social groups and gymnastics and ninja kids and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we feel pretty busy a lot of the time now. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's cool. <laughs> well, just wanna thank you for uh spending the time and thanks also to Hope <laughs> for adding the extra sounds <laughs> yeah. in the background. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's been really neat to get to know you over the past year, I guess it's been, or half, well, maybe getting close to a year. Yeah, I can't remember now. But I'd say it's less than a year. <laughs> but um, yeah, and it's uh, just, I guess, seeing your journey and various things and various discussions and talks that we've had over the over that time as well about learning. Uh, yeah. It's been really good and looking forward to uh, seeing your journey progress and Watch journey of the kids. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Very cool. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs>